0: hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's RosettaStone.com/drink. Hey, Em, why do you drink this week? Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: my heart stopped. Oops. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for so quickly taking the reins on that. Um, Had to do it. Had to
0: do it. Uh, Yeah. I took the reins and then I threw them at you. You went, what? Your turn. I went, my turn, your turn.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was, it's been a really (laughs) shitty week. (laughs) Yes. It's been very shitty. Uh. I'm, I will, first of all, everyone, I am fine, obviously. Otherwise, like, Christine would not make me
0: host The spirit of M is here <laughs> from beyond the grave.
1: <laughs> and for the rest of the show, it's done via Ouija board. Um,
0: Woo! I,
1: yeah, no, it's been a rough week. I was home. Uh, we had a death in the family. And so that, we've been dealing with that um, and going to funerals and all this. So it was already a, a grim week for me. And uh, then my...
0: God, and then even God. I received a picture of Emma in a, an ambulance. So that's how things presented to me.
1: I, you know, it was unnecessary. Well, I don't, it was unnecessary. I the couldn't ambulance? find a, I couldn't find a place to be upside down. That's the only problem. Cause so I told you, what,
0: where were you when this happened?
1: So I was at a restaurant. I was meeting Deirdre for lunch. Mm-hmm. I got there before Deirdre and I was just looking at the menu and i that's i told you guys it happens the the fear which has led to like this whole brand new like wave of anxiety in my life because i just never know when it's gonna happen because it happens as randomly as like probably seizures i don't Mm -hmm. have seizures so i hope i'm not offending anyone with that but it really it just happens for absolutely no reason um and i i assume that's kind of the same condition but i could be wrong and i'm so sorry if that's not true but um, it just happens for for I was just standing there reading a menu I was doing nothing and
0: uh I remember maybe you read the word anchovy and your heart <laughs> and was like my heart no. was like
1: I need to get off this planet it's time to go <laughs> ah! um no actually what I was reading was there was a because you know how like when you're in like your hometown all the sandwiches are named after like colleges and stuff like that so they yeah. had they had a sandwich called like the hokey for Virginia Tech and it was like I a turkey a turkey sandwich and it had I remember reading it's funny that you mentioned this because the last thing I remember reading before this all happened was about this sandwich called the Hokie and it was a turkey sandwich that had um, cranberry and orange like relish on it because those are the two colors of Virginia Tech oh. and I remember thinking oh that's clever and that was the last thing I <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, cruel world <laughs> so uh, Virginia Tech if you're listening that was almost my last thought um, and uh my thing started happening and I could feel it. And usually the only thing I can get out, I've got like one sentence in me before I'm, I can't talk cause it hurts so bad. Cause my heart goes from a normal to normal levels to like, like off the charts high. Sure. So I've got about one sentence in me or like one thought left to figure out where I need to be, to go be upside down and solve this thing in 30 seconds because that's, it's always worked. And sure. So I just looked at the person at the counter and I was like, where's the bathroom? And I go to the bathroom and I'm thinking, I just got to throw my body over something enough that enough blood rushes to my head and we'll be fine in 30 seconds. And the bathroom was so small and I couldn't, (laughs) I was trying, I tried throwing myself over the sink. I tried throwing myself over the toilet, but the toilet was like too low to the ground um, it became a really disgusting, unsanitary experience because it, I was in so much pain, I just didn't care. But like- If anyone my, had seen, <laughs> you were just like draping yourself. Like in a public bathroom and like my face and my arms were just all over the floor. And like, I didn't even care. I didn't even care. And I was trying to like do a handstand basically mm. with the toilet helping me like hold myself up. And it it was not working. And I was in the bathroom for an hour trying oh. to do this. And usually, like if it happened right now, I it's 1043 and it would be done by 1045 since I'm next to a bed. I'd be like, give me a second. I have to go fix my heart thing and it'd be done. But because I couldn't get the leverage, it just kept happening and it wouldn't stop. And in fact, there were times where it got worse because my heart is usually, like I said, it would take two minutes for this to be finished since ever since I figured out my upside down trick, I have never had it happen for longer than two minutes. So for it to happen for an hour, was just like, just so painful. And I was did like, did just show up? So uh, she, she did show up once I, when I was in the bathroom. So she didn't know I was actually at the restaurant. Right. And I texted her and I said, like, hey, I'm in the bathroom. My heart thing's happening. Just give me a second. She thought I meant I was still at my mom's house in the bathroom. Oh. And so she left. Oh, no. (laughs) She was like, okay, well, I'm going to go like run an errand while I wait for you to get all the way over here. And I was, I was so, I couldn't even text. Like, my, I was, I didn't even care. Honestly, it was better because I was like, I don't, she doesn't need to see this. I, I'm going to be fine if I could just get upside down the right way. It was so frustrating. So I was like, my only two options are figure out how to be upside down or like do the whole hospital ordeal, which is, I've never even done that before. So sure. I don't, that scared me more than just being in pain in a public bathroom. Um, but I was actually glad that she left. Cause I was like, I have more time to try to figure this out and I don't feel like I'm being pressured to f- do it faster. Um, and so, I was upside down. And I, it really was for a whole hour. And luckily, because we've been trying to monitor this. I don't know if I told you this last time, but my cardiologist and I were trying to actually hope for an episode so we could get it documented. And then I could get an official diagnosis. Right. And I couldn't get my the surgery or the ablation that I want until I got the diagnosis. So it's been this has actually ended up being a good thing because I got it all documented. Were you
0: having did you have your heart monitor thing?
1: Yeah, I did, which is how oh, I have it good. documented. So my heart rate got up to 245. <gasps> oh, Jesus. And it stayed there for like a half <gasps> an hour. Um, and at best, it got to uh, 200 for <gasps> that hour. Um, and oh, no. 60 to 100 is healthy, just in case people needed to know. So my, my like heart rate when was, I work
0: out, my heart's at like 145 or something like that. Yeah. So that is wild.
1: Yeah. And so...
0: Just, you know, double that. <laughs>
1: yeah. And uh it was uh it was very painful. So I couldn't breathe, I was sweating, and at one point I tried to like reposition myself, thinking like also so like so stupid, but this bathroom was one of those motion-censored light ones. So for no! most for most of it, I was just in the dark and I was like, oh, I, c- no. I was like, I can't even wave my arm because that's too much activity and, and it'll it'll make my heart rate go up even more. <gasps> And so I was just sitting there in the dark and I was like, I'm going to get up and try to reposition myself and try a different way to be upside down. There was only so many ways you can do it when there's a dirty sink and a dirty toilet. But I was like, I have to do this other. And when I was trying to reposition myself, I felt really woozy and I was like, I've never passed out before, but I think I'm going to pass out. (gasps) And in my head, my next thought was, if you think you're going to pass out, that's probably the last thing a the lot last. of people think before yeah. they pass out. So maybe you do need to call an ambulance. And in my head, I was like, that's so dramatic. Like, I know, I know if I could just, if there was a bed here or a, a, a better incline, I'd be fine. I know, like, it's this feels so stupid to go from that to literally calling 911. And so I fought it for a second and I was like, homie, you've been doing this for an hour. It's Forget not it. working. Yeah. Yeah but I couldn't even call out for help. Like at best I could whisper because anything else took too much energy and made my heart rate go higher. And so I threw myself over the sink and like, I had to have looked like a body collapsed or something. Like I didn't, it wasn't even like a cute throwing myself over this. I looked like I was fucking hurting and it was just close enough to the door of the bathroom where I was like I'm just going to open it and just like knock really hard one time like just give it all my energy just knock really hard and mm-hmm. hopefully someone hears me. And it it was such a small uh restaurant and there was um it was in the middle of a work day and it wasn't even during like food hours anymore so I was like I've been in this bathroom and no one's even checked on me in an hour like no one's going to find me if I don't knock on the door. And so I just like gave my all and docked as hard as I could. And then I just like hugged the sink and uh, an employee came in and I feel so bad for her. Cause I definitely scared her. She walked into a dark room because the light motion sensor thing was off and a body just thrown over the sink. Oh my God. And I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk. And so in a very, in a very like old sage whisper, I was just like, I'm sorry, I have a heart condition, and it was probably so scary to her. It was pro- had to be so scary, <laughs> oh my God. Ha- and uh, and the dumbest part. I know how stupid it sounds, but I was like, I just. to be upside down oh no and she was probably like um she probably thought oh this person's like losing it like there's no no one would say that mentally unwell something's (laughs) wrong and so um she called over another employee who thank god had fucking sbt no way what that was a little angel i have a feeling if i went back to that building she like never worked there (gasps) she was like only there for those minutes but so I was like, I have a heart condition, and she was like, "Do you have what is it?" And I was like, "It's because they were like uh, the manager was like, we're gonna call nine one one because obviously who wouldn't like well yeah sure in my in my own head I was like so scared too
0: but like they were like it's "Mm." their business too so they're probably like this is on our watch
1: exactly so they called nine one one and as they were asking. I was able to give them like some information. I just had to whisper it by like my age and like what it was called, and I was able to tell them my heart rate, so the ambulance knew that coming in. And um, and so I had said like, oh, I have SVT, and then the, that employee was like, oh, I have SVT. I know exactly what <gasps> I know exactly what you're feeling. Like one time, my heart got all the way up to three hundred. Oh shit! And I was like, mine's at two forty right now. And she went, okay, yeah, you like this is what I do to feel better. Um, and she like gave me a bunch of like cold ice packs for my face, which apparently is a her version of the upside down thing. Wow. And so she would be like, that's like my trick is ice packs on my face. And so that kind of helped. It helped me to at least keep whispering. But, um, so anyway, fun fact, if you have SVT, try that. Um, yeah. And she was able to like run around and like explain what was going on. I mean, they were also like literally (laughs) foot EMTs, like they knew what was going on, but she was able to like tell them things i couldn't at the moment because they brought like the whole stretcher in and it was so dramatic and Mm. because i was like i'm not collapsed on the floor i know i'm close to it but i'm not and so the fact that i'm climbing into the stretcher myself feels weird because i feel like in all the movies like you don't that doesn't happen right um but so she was able to tell them, like, I know what this feels like. If, you know, if they get in the stretcher, like, it's going to up the heart rate, you know, because it takes energy. Like, they can't even, like, whisper right now. Like, climbing into a stretcher is not going to be good. So thank God. I didn't even get that person's name. But thank God for them because they were able to, like, explain what I was feeling. um So if you somehow listen to this, thank you. um And the two ambulance people, I was trying they got me in the stretcher the stretcher went into the ambulance that's when i sent you a picture and of your crocs of my crocs i was wearing crocs this whole time which is even worse um they always say like oh if something were to happen to you and like you become a ghost today the alpha you're wearing becomes your ghost outfit yep. it's like mine would be crocs like i mean gross. mine would be
0: crocs too let's be real we'll be crocs Croc i also
1: to be fair i also don't know like if death would have been what happened it felt like it it certainly felt like i was not gonna make it so um so i hope i'm not sounding too dramatic by like oh i would have died but i don't know what would have happened it certainly did not Can you imagine you just
0: haunt that stupid bathroom in your crocs for the rest of your existence <laughs> like what a nightmare okay that's humiliating <laughs> um but uh
1: they so they got me on the ambulance, got me in there. I, and one thing that was really helpful that I, you know, what's so interesting, I don't know what's going on, and maybe I've just lucked out, but in the last year with all these doctor's visits, and now including these two, um, EMTs who came out, uh, every time I've had a, a male medical person. I don't know if their training has changed or if I have just lucked out with the group that I've been around, but they have all been so on top of listening to the needs of the person. Like Mm. every... Every uh, male doctor, especially if I use the word safe, like I'm like, I feel safest with this. They like absolutely are on board with e- the EMTs. Um, I told them like, this is going to be weird, but like, this is what's going to make me feel really good and what's going to make me feel better. And they were on top of it. They were like, we don't usually do that, but if it's going to make you feel better, we're doing it. Great. And I, it was, I was just so impressed. But so I told them I needed to be upside down. And they didn't even ask why. They were just like on board. They're like, okay, upside down. Got it. And so they actually put me on the stretcher upside down where like usually when you're sitting this way and your legs are sticking out. Sure. They did it the opposite way where my, I was lying down right. and my feet were up. And then when I got in the... I'm sorry this is taking so long, but... No, I've really, no. I've wanted to tell you about this for a few Since days now. I know. I've been waiting. Um, So that immediately helped and it dropped my heart rate down by like 50 points. And <sighs> then uh, when I got in there... they were like so uh it's not stopping on its own and usually we would have to like call someone to like make sure we can do this but you're stable enough to like give us a yes or no and I went fuck (laughs) I went what but at this point I'd also asked what their names were because I was trying to like it's so weird the human experience I still felt like the need to be polite and like kind and so I was like I kept being like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And they were like, you can stop talking. You're in an ambulance. No, literally. Remember I was getting my
0: colonoscopy and I kept being like, so how are you guys feeling? And they were like, can you please stop talking? You're on sedatives.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so that's, it's, it's odd. So I was trying to like be like chummy with them. I ended up being like real chummy with this one guy named Brad who I
0: posted about on Instagram. Oh, Brad.
1: And uh, he, (laughs) he, anyway, he was like, you, you're stable enough. Like we can tell the like all all you need is uh for your heart rate to go down you'll be fine um but have you ever been on a denizine? and i said no i have not and he went what you like it to be feel good <laughs> i heard uh i he asked he he asked if i'd heard about it and i went no i but the the way you're phrasing this makes me feel like i should hesitate to to be excited about this opportunity yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, I think it's I think this is really the only way that things are gonna work for you. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, what what happens? Like, can I before I agree to this? uh, Can I know the side effects? And he was like, do you want the side effects do you want to know <laughs> jesus brad really very quickly went from like professional to like he could tell i was trying to be buddy buddy and he oh. really uh he really let his guard down and started talking to me more like a friend which i appreciated until he started saying like do you want to know the side effects <gasps> and i'm like brad i need you to elaborate because something's freaking me out and he said all i'm gonna say is you're gonna feel really awkward and I was like, what does that mean? That's the worst descriptor You're I've like, ever heard. You're like,
0: sit down. I feel awkward every second of every day.
1: Keep in mind, like, uh, this is how awkward I already feel. I am uh, non-binary. I have a lot of body dysmorphia and uh, dysphoria and I'm in... Uh, an ambulance with three grown ass firemen with my shirt all the way up so they could put my the stickers all over me to check my heart rate. Right. So I was already feeling pretty fucking awkward. With so your I was crux, like, by the way on. Okay. That was the only thing left on uh with a party Sexy. of three men in a truck. Sexy. And so and so I was like, Brad awkward is what's already happening. So I need you to give me more information, yeah. please. And he was like, I'm not gonna say anything more. You're just gonna feel really awkward. And uh And I I saw them pull it out. He explained later that I guess it's, like, this really thick liquid where it took two of those grown men to push it into the IV. Like, it was, like, something that should not go in your body. And I said, this doesn't look like something that you should inject into me. And they were like, yeah, that's kind of the point. (laughs) (laughs) And so they ended up, I heard them count down and go, like. All right, three, two, one. And then I watched two grown men with all their might squeeze this thing into my IV. And I remember trying to say, like, when's it going to hit me? And before I could finish saying that, wow, <laughs> it really kicked my ass.
0: It restarts your heart, right?
1: It stops and restarts your yeah. heart, yes. Uh, so there was a moment where my heart was not, uh, was on vacation. and I've heard of the, that medication. It, it, I gotta say, it was only, like, 10 seconds, like, it, it, and then I was back to normal. I tried was, to make,
0: blaze because Blaze saw your story, and I was like, oh, so does that hurt? And he's like, it's not so much that it hurts. I like that you said awkward, because the way he described it was similar. He was like, it's more, people describe it as, like, their brain doesn't like what's happening. Like, they're, because your heart <laughs> is stopping, and your brain is like, what are you doing to me? And so you have to, like, and it only lasts a few seconds, but, like, obviously your body's not gonna love it it felt i mean if i'm being um
1: if i'm being realistic with how it felt and i don't know if it feels the same for all people but um it's weird because i knew my i could feel my body reacting like someone whose heart stopped like i i remember feeling my legs twitching and like not being able to do anything about it it was really probably a scary sight i think my eyes rolled in the back of my head (gasps) because i remember kind of blacking out but Honestly, what it felt like was that. Have you ever had like a G force hit you?
0: Um,
1: like when I you're like going, you know, like the feeling of like, um, like a roller coaster or those machines oh, when where you you're get, like, like stuck,
0: thrown back, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: where you're like stuck and like you couldn't possibly move, and it's like hitting you, and it feels like, there's oh, like oh
0: yeah, sure, sure, sure.
1: It fe- it felt like a, like a shitload of G forces hit me, but only from the inside.
0: Oh, that doesn't sound good.
1: I felt like my body, I could tell I I could tell where I was, but my whole body felt like it was getting like pushed down by like eight hundred pounds and like Ooh. Um But anyway, so after that it was I was fine, but then they still like had to take me to the hospital and that sure. It just became a whole thing and I've talked for twenty minutes about it. That's all.
0: Wow. Well I'm so glad you're okay. Uh we saw a photo of you in an ambulance. Didn't like that, but was Uh, very comforted when you said, uh, that you were glad it happened because you could at least get a diagnosis out of it. I didn't realize you still had your heart monitor. I'm so glad that that. Well, so I don't have
1: the one that's attached to me, but I think I told Uh. you this a while ago, or I've been bragging about it whenever I think about it. But if you are someone who has a heart situation and you're trying to keep, uh, you know, and this is not an ad, although I would love for them to sponsor us. Um, it's called Cardia Mobile. And it's literally credit card sized and it's a heart. It's a, it checks your, it's an EKG bat or something, but in a credit card. And so it Bluetooth to your phone and then you touch the little dials and it gives you all this information and sends it to your phone. And I think you can also have it hooked up where it sends it directly to your cardiologist.
0: Okay, good. So you didn't have the one from the doctor still wearing it. You were, you had this one.
1: No, this was a this okay, was i I'm news. so glad you I, had that on you. I just have like a bucket of heart monitor gadgets these days. You I'm like see s- M
0: backstage at a show, just wandering around <laughs> with stuff stuck to their fingers. And I
1: do. It's really sad. Uh, also, I got to keep a little souvenir, which I'd like to show you now. Please. Um, I'm, Is it, it a bedpan? Also- oh, that's an interesting direction you went. But no. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it a so- hokey sandwich? It's not the sandwich. I deserve a <laughs> you, fucking free sandwich from there, it. by the way. I would have eaten the shit out of it. Okay, they no, should this, put you on the wall. I don't know what this is called, but this is the paperwork. Uh, this is like the 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 beep beep beep
0: paperwork. Oh, like the readout. Yeah, the yeah.
1: Okay, so this is what my heart's supposed to look like, and I'm bringing this to my cardiologist to this be is like, like a show and tell. It is. And also, like, this really couldn't be a better show and tell, because right now what my cardiologist was expecting at best was that I would have an episode and, like, my random heart monitor gadgets would pick up on something. But this is, like, from a fucking ambulance hospital. Like, this is... Right,
0: professional.
1: And even on the side, it says... It says somewhere on here, like, um uh like it guessed what my condition was and it says oh, SVT on it. So even the machines were like this is fucking SVT. Um okay. Sorry. It's just very long. Take your time. This is what a normal heart rate looks like. Like Okay. Kind of just like a Can you see it at all? Yes, I can. Okay. This is what mine was looking like.
0: <gasps> oh no. That does not look good.
1: It's about like 3 times faster. Oh no. Which would make sense because my heart was going three times faster than the normal heart rate. was freaking out. Yeah, it was going beep, 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 beep.
0: Freaking out. When it should be like beep, 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 Do they have the part where they stopped your heart?
1: That was it. That was where it's this. So it was doing this uh-huh. until they gave me the adenosine. And uh-huh. then my heart started doing this.
0: <gasps> that is so cool to look at, um. Isn't that crazy? That is really cool to look at.
1: So this this right here was where I got the injection. (laughs) What you said, when am I gonna... Ah!" (laughs) Well, I think, you know, I know you don't know this, uh, but if you are a Marvel person, it felt just like when Doctor Strange punch spider-man until his astral body left his physical oh, form no
0: <laughs> That's you left it, your husk behind <laughs> for a I, brief moment <laughs> i was just like when am i gonna feel <clears throat> yeah i can almost in- imagine it i'm sure i don't know what it feels like but i can almost imagine it by your description like that Whoa, yeah. feeling yeah. just
1: like a like yeah i i feel like anyone who's experienced like the like that the roller coaster that's so fast you feel like you're gonna black out and it's like it like feels like your soul's being pulled out of your body that's exactly what it felt like and that's kind of why it freaked I was like I I I don't know if that's what it feels like when your heart stops like for good and that's like if I got like a taste of what your soul even your body feels like but if that's what it felt like I gotta say I'm pretty comforted because I felt that that sounds pretty bad but I I felt no pain I just felt that's good I just felt really...
0: Discomfort.
1: I just felt like my soul is being peeled out of my body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't worry. It's not so bad.
1: <laughs> it's not what I was expecting it to feel like. That's for sure. Lord. Any- anyway, it's been literally 25 minutes. And I knew I was going to talk about this, which is why my story is pretty short today. So okay. I don't no make worries. it all about me. I'm
0: just glad you're okay. I'm so glad you're okay. Thank you. Do you have a reason why you drink? Honestly, like this is going to sound so petty and stupid in comparison. Um, but I have really bad cramps today which is very strange because like I mean TMI notice for everybody but like I don't like when I'm on the pill I don't like really get bad period cramps and I'm like what is going on with me and so I freaked out I took a pregnancy test it was negative because so I was like I don't need that in my life right now um was this so, your way
1: of saying you are not on the pill currently? or are No, you... I
0: am. So I'm like oh, a little bit weirded out. And I'm like, I'm like, what is going on with my body? I don't feel good. And I haven't had cramps in like a long time. Well, so, I don't think
1: that's petty. I mean, some people end up in the hospital for cramps.
0: Yeah, that's true too. I don't have um, endometriosis or anything. So I'm thankful for that because I know that can really send people into a rough place. But yeah. anyway, I'm just like uncomfortable and I'm like, what's going on with me? Maybe I'm like, maybe my hormones are finally getting back to their old ways after stopping breastfeeding Ah. i don't know
1: i don't know but i feel do you have like a go-to do you have a go-to way of dealing with cramps like some people rely on midol some
0: people do hot packs yeah i'm like a tylenol uh heating pad gal Mm -hmm. but like really i rarely have i mean i used to get terrible terrible cramps before i went on the pill and then the pill really helps that for me but so I'm not used to it anymore. It's been like a long time since I've had this issue and I'm like, oh, I don't miss it. Uh, that sucks. So anyway, just, you know, well, that's it. I'm, I'm sorry.
1: Hopefully, uh, Blaze is nursing you back to health.
0: Yeah. He better be. Um, <laughs> he's like, you're not pregnant. I was like, I better, better not be. And, uh, I did take a <laughs> test and I am not. So that, has been avoided crisis it's also averted. something it's Also something we're celebrating in its own way like exactly
1: it doesn't always have to be hip hip hooray only when it's a positive pregnancy sign
0: well i mean for i would say for many people in my boat um many many years long taking a pregnancy test was a much scarier thing and there was always a celebration about a negative and then all of a sudden it flip-flops and you're like wait a second now i'm supposed to be looking for that second line it's a very weird mental uh i don't know maze i guess to get through
1: well i wish i knew what to say to make you feel better
0: because oh is... no i'm fine i'm just i'm i'm glad you're doing well uh better um and <laughs> better. i am very in my very mild situation in comparison to yours so well uh so no no worries i, I beg to differ cramps can be very stinky <laughs> it's not fun yet but we'll see And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18-store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B U R R O W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink.
1: Okay, so my story today is uh, the story of Mary Webster, aka the Witch of Hadley, aka half hanged Mary.
0: Ooh, ooh,
1: what's that? so uh this is in the 17th century this the story mainly takes place in the 1680s i think and this was uh in hadley massachusetts aka colonial new england uh right around the time of the witchcraft trials as they were picking up so um quick recap uh the colonial new england area was not doing hot, uh, in case you were wondering how the, the whole witchcraft craze came about. Mm. Uh, crops were failing, the weather was terrible, people were dying from illnesses left and right, and science was not tip-top back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, and there was a, a little group called the Puritans. Oh, heard who, of those guys. They were about, and they were Ooh. extremely uh, religious, they blamed basically everything you can imagine on the devil, and being in a in an environment with so many bad things going on they had a lot of reasons to blame the devil right so our story in particular is actually it predates the witch trials because the witch trials happened in the 1690s whereas this was 16 I think 1680s it was it was right before the the heyday if mm-hmm. you want to call it that and um Witches weren't as heard of before 1692. They just weren't as big of a deal. Um, there weren't any real legal convictions that were happening. Um, well, not that often. There were still some, but it just wasn't as Salem witch prevalent. trials. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 It wasn't all the rage yet. It <laughs> was. Well, yeah. Yeah. The witches hadn't done enough to piss people off, I guess, oh, if God. you asked a Puritan. I'm unclear. <laughs> um, but so. Quick story, by the way, in 1674, so almost 20 years before the witch trials, there was a woman in Massachusetts, also named Mary. Um, her name was Mary Bliss Parsons, and she was accused of witchcraft and tried and acquitted. Uh, so just so you know, like th- this has been happening before the witch trials just wasn't happening all the time. Okay. Today, we're talking about Mary Webster, who was born Mary Reeve. And uh, she was in 1670. She married a guy named Thomas Webster. Uh, They were very poor and lived on the outskirts of town. Um, And sometimes they would ask the community for help because they weren't doing well on their own, which I guess etiquette wise meant that they were seen as like a bother to the rest of the town because they were asking for people's time and effort, which I find kind of ironic considering this whole group of people moved here to have a community following the Bible about like feeding each other and helping with the poor.
0: I mean, wouldn't be the first, wouldn't be the
1: last time. It's like, wait a minute. (sighs) Hypocrites. What? Okay. Anyway, anyway, uh, I think they, they were hoping for more help from people, but they ended up just kind of giving everyone a bad taste that they, maybe they were asking for a lot of help. Maybe it was like yeah, too who, much. Yeah, maybe they I were guess. energy vampires, you know? Oh, I've had a few experience with those guys. I know it. So I we don't know what the full story is there, but it sounds like they weren't doing hot on their own and the community was not having it at not some point. Not into it. Um, and Another reason could be that maybe they weren't the most upstanding Christians because there's one report from 1905 that said Mary was known to miss church and have a nasty attitude and seek her (laughs) mind, aka she wasn't like keeping sweet or whatever. That sure, I'm watching that right now.
0: Oh, really? I don't haven't watched it yet. Even Eva responded to my "be real" and said she's also watching it. Um,
1: Oh, nice. I uh keeps. Keeping sweet is something I heard through the Duggars, so Disturbing. that's the only reason I know about it. Um, But so, yeah, 1905, there was a report saying that she just, like, wasn't maybe that great of a Christian, and maybe that's why they didn't want to help her. But then, I mean, I could say a million things about that. Um, Also, keep in mind that was a report from 1905, so oh. that was like hundreds so of years its,
0: and that probably had its own biases at that right
1: point, you know exactly and also like who knows if they even heard that through the game of telephone or sure. like a bunch of people who didn't like them said these things and none of it was true or maybe it was true we have no idea for all we know mary was just like the sweetest little peach there ever was um but if there was ever any whiff of someone saying like oh she was cranky or oh she had a bad attitude back in the witch trial era like if you were cranky that was enough to get you killed for being a witch so right. fair um so who knows what... i mean not fair to be right, clear right. but <laughs> fair valid point i guess yeah, I should yeah, yeah. say. but so i don't know I, we have no idea what her personality actually was but the one that has unfortunately stayed with us is that she was not a, a very good person
0: mm.
1: um and other claims about Mary ended up circling as well. Um, they, there started being these rumors around town that, like, not only was she not really that good of a Christian and she was too beggy and she was pretty cranky and nasty. But on top of that, uh, cattle wouldn't walk by her house and therefore she must be witching them, must be bewitching
0: them. right because that's what what you would do with your powers if you could just like move a cow move a cow into a different path just push it over there i
1: feel like you are on board with me because i feel like for the rest of these notes every time they make a claim which this is just one of many stories of the witch trials but um every time they like make a claim like that i'm like but why but would she waste why? her time doing that? Like, but why? She, but she's a witch who can do fucking anything, and she's, she's in, misdirecting a cow. Why she's
0: in cahoots
1: with Beelzebub? And, Seriously, and she's just hanging out with like bewitching your cow.
0: What? She just doesn't want the cow to be within ten feet of her front door. Why? I don't yeah. get it.
1: Exactly, it is not um, of sound mind, which is just always the most ironic part of the witch trials. Is just like how is it that the illogical people are right?
0: Like you strip it down, and you're like it doesn't even make sense. Like if it were really true, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it's just batshit. So there, so other
1: claims on top of that started going around. Uh, first was that the the cattle wasn't walking by her house or like wouldn't cross her path, I guess. And I this seems to be particularly bad for the town because she happened to be on a like a really main
0: major road and so like <laughs> so they I thought she was just inconveniencing all everyone who needed yeah. to pass oh my <laughs> god
1: but here's the thing because people thought she must be working with the devil practicing witchcraft and now is uh hmm is now intimidating their livestock and thus threatening the crops of the town as mm. is, is the way that i guess they took this some of the townsmen took it upon themselves to let her know that she needed to put an end to it Uh oh this became a apparently a common thing which Uh-oh. like i don't know why this woman didn't just leave i don't know why she, but then again like why like who knows what her story is who knows if she could leave i who knows uh but where was she
0: gonna go i mean where was she
1: gonna go that's uh, yeah so i don't know what her story to this is but i feel like they kept breaking into her house and beating her up and oh. then they would just leave oh so, no like just to i think the story was that it they would it would they would beat her up until they felt like she had broken the spell and their livestock could like cross Great. which by the way fucking makes me think that they were beating her up until like they looked out the window and saw that their cow like walked a couple inches for like wow, look, or something it worked yeah, and also I'm aware of how gross that statement sounded of like why didn't she leave? Because I'm aware of all that. But, no, but like, I mean, like that- I'm I'm like why, like did did she see them coming or like like I don't at all want to victim blame. I'm just confused about like. I guess if they're breaking in, because my well, first time was like change the locks, but then like if someone really they wants they to even hurt had you, locks back then. Yeah, I don't know what the what the story to that is, but I do feel horrible for her. I'm that sure, it if keeps they happening. targeted her,
0: she probably had no way of avoiding a bunch of grown men. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I don't, or like I thought she was married. Like, where's her husband during all this? Like. I, maybe maybe she's not with him
0: anymore. And then she's a know. spinster, and obviously she's definitely much more a witch now. I maybe he just didn't stand a chance against a bunch of angry men. I don't know.
1: Ugh, I feel so bad for her. So it's she, terrible, terrible. She ended up getting beaten up all the time. Apparently she was getting whipped a few times. Oh, God. Um, And basically they would just assault her. Like, this is the backwards. I mean, it's all backwards. The backwards part is, like, they're beating her up. And because their cows are acting weird and she's just i guess like just having to deal with it just like you just see people walking up to your house and you're like well i guess this is it for today
0: <sighs> how stressful would it be if like the cows walked up and you were like please walk across so i don't yeah. get beat up like please keep walking cow
1: Oh, please yeah
0: i'll drag you across myself
1: <laughs> well, this was just the beginning of people in town blaming Mary for pretty much anything. One time, sure. a guy's uh, hay cart flipped upside down um, and blamed it on Mary because it happened to happen near her house. Oh my God. And then the rumor spread into as he walked up to her house to intimidate her or beat her up. Then she got scared and flipped it back over for him using like her mind or something. Sure. But the rumor was like almost confirming that she really was a witch because she was able to change everything. And that
0: she could be probably intimidated into doing what they wanted. So uh, that was probably yes. comforting. They were like, well, good. We'll keep beating her up because it seems oh, to work.
1: God, you're totally it's like a right.
0: Terrible cycle.
1: Another time, a chicken is said to have fallen through someone's chimney. Oh, and- my God, Mary. Not again. <laughs> 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 and it landed in their pot of boiling water
0: oh no oh sad chicken
1: yeah the chicken
0: okay um boiled chicken yikes yeah
1: and so mary was obviously to blame because later on she was seen having scald marks on her hands and so they thought that she must have either been Been the chicken been (laughs) the chicken yes or um she either had been the chicken or she had been like bewitching this chicken and then holding the chicken and got the skull marks on it.
0: why okay with this stupid question i'm not even gonna ask but like why if she were a chicken would she be like i'm gonna fall in this chimney and boil myself alive why would you think i'm a chicken and now i'm gonna
1: go climb on my enemy's roofs <laughs> and jump into a chimney and have have to defy a lot of feats i don't know
0: <sighs> sad chicken know.
1: uh Anyway, another time she was accused of breaking into someone else's house and staring at their baby until it levitated. Which like okay. <laughs> but also keep in mind other people are constantly breaking into her house and like that's fine. A valid point. Anyway. It's just like
0: why, like again, I know that we're just going to ask this over and over but like for what? Like yeah, like what are for we For what is the boiled chicken? Like I don't understand. I literally don't understand what they were trying to prove, but whatever.
1: Also I wonder why, because this wasn't during the height of the Salem Witch trials, where if this were during that time, maybe this was like maybe there was maybe like the frenzy was building or something. Maybe it was and I don't know about it. But I during the Salem Witch trials I would understand like, oh, everyone's like pointing blame at someone who's already been like persecuted because then they're not looking at me and then I don't easier target. Right. Yeah. But it, that's not happening right now. So I don't know why everyone's just like, like, who was like, oh, yeah, she's a chicken. We'll get this. She also levitated my
0: baby. Like, that- I guess they are just didn't like her, you know, and we're like, oh, you know how people get kind of in that mob mentality of sort of being like, oh, yeah, well, this happened to me, too. Oh, really? I saw her doing this. And like, it just spins out of control. I bet everyone wanted their own story. Yeah. People like know. to have their own, like, feelings. Uh, their own, I their know, own hand. flair to things, yeah, yeah, like their own hand in whatever drama is going on. Ugh, they want to like have their own story to tell. Well,
1: all this led to Mary eventually having to be having to be brought to the courthouse um, on March twenty seventh, sixteen eighty three. Okay. And by the way, I think this is actually the same courthouse that the other Mary I mentioned earlier. I think she also was at this courthouse. Oh, the one who was tried and acquitted back in the seventies, the sixteen okay. seventies. Um. Anyway, so both Marys went to this courthouse for witchcraft, and just like last Mary, she, uh, uh, I think she was she acquitted. I don't know. Let's find let's find out, everybody. Okay. <laughs> so she was. Oh, she no, she was jailed for two months until she had a trial date, which was in May um, of 1683. Okay. And this is a statement from the Boston Court of Assistance on her alleged crimes. This is their statement about why she's being charged with witchcraft. Can't wait. She not having the fear of God before her eyes and being instigated by the devil. No evidence by the way. Sure. Hath entered into covenant and had familiarity with him in the shape of a warrenage, which apparently is a wild woodland black cat. Oh, okay. So he, she's hanging out with she's turning into this thing, shapeshifting into this warrenage, hanging Sometimes out with the a devil. chicken. But sometimes a cat. The chicken was practice. That was a warm Oh, up.
0: she did it wrong. She accidentally <laughs> fell down the chimney and I was like, damn it. It's so like, I got to be a different animal now. No wings this time.
1: She, 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 not having the fear of God before her eyes and being investigated by the devil, hath entered into covenant and had familiarity with him in the shape of a warnage and had the devil's imps sucking her with, yeah. te- with teats and marks found on her. Gross. Okay. The court the court on their serious consideration of the testimonies left her to further trial. Does their that mean ser- they serious, serious literally consideration.
0: Looked at her nipples to see if there were teeth marks around her. Is that what they're saying?
1: Probably and that would how not surprise horrific. me. Because how many times have they had to like undress them to search their bodies, remember? Yeah,
0: To find proof of a birthmark or find proof of literally anything. Like they could be like there's no birthmarks. Aha, uh-huh, she's a witch cuz she erased all her birthmarks like it doesn't even matter what they find
1: well ding 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 because that's what they're saying here with uh the devil's minions have been drinking from her uh and they found marks on her they literally were just searching her for we talked about this before any birthmark any scar any mole any uh, pimple anything and it was just considered excuse me i just burped (laughs) excuse me it was just considered like, oh, that's just proof that you are in cahoots with the devil. And everyone's yeah. got a mark. We've
0: talked about this. And everyone's not got even something. It's just like a mark. It's like, oh, well, they were suckling, like breastfeeding mm-hmm. these. Yes. Like, so they're literally looking at her nipples and being like, oh, was a devil hanging on here with its teeth? Like, oh, stop.
1: Um, Yeah, so she's not only being... First of all, and she's just a plain old innocent woman in jail for two months. She's also now been forced to take her clothes off and examined. And now they think that she's got the marks of the devil all over her because she has a human body. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so basically they thought that she was working with the devil's familiars and she would let them suckle on her for energy and any natural mark uh, on the any natural mark was used as proof so it's not good shockingly um she this is where i thought she might be acquitted shockingly she was not found guilty and she was sent home uh but this is like the only reason i can think of is her her trial date they had her in a town that was over 100 miles away so i think her reputation was I think they probably looked at her and they were like, this fucking woman is doing nothing.
0: It's sort of like when they move a trial out of like the person's hometown because it's too biased. Yeah. Like the jury would be too biased. They move it somewhere else.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's exactly what happened here. So
0: interesting.
1: But into the story walks famous Puritan minister, author and consultant of the Salem witch trials, Cotton Mather. Not this motherfucker. He's a
0: horrible man. Horrible, Horrible, horrible man. Horrible.
1: And he really like would just wake up every day and use whatever logic he saw fit that day when determining evidence of witchcraft. Just like how you said, oh well, they have birthmarks, so they must be of the devil. Oh no, they don't have any because they erased them because of the devil. Of the he, devil. Would, he would just wake up and whatever fit his narrative. He would like, create his own fucking logic. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. And uh <sighs> he would say that you need hard evidence. But then the next, this is the example I was going to use before you stepped in without even knowing it on the birthmark thing. Um, he would say you need hard evidence, but then the next day he would say the devil plays tricks on you and evidence isn't always right. evident. <laughs> so. Terrible. Uh, so why is Cotton Mather involved in the story? Because in 1702, this is a little more of a an epilogue statement, and I'll come back to the, the original story. But in 1702... Cotton Mather writes this book called the Magnolia Christi Americana. And it was about a very respected man in the town of Hadley, which is where the story's at. Um, he wrote about this very respected man in Hadley named Philip, and he died shortly after Mary was acquitted. Um, mm. And he connected the two and thought, oh, well, when Philip died, Mary was acquitted, a.k.a. she was back to her old tricks, and she had gotten oh, away with it, and she's on. a witch. Um, so... <laughs> just to like give you more insight on this soon after uh she was acquitted and brought back home to Hadley which like again like I would just never go back to that town if I could avoid it but I don't know what her story is she probably couldn't leave I I'm sure she couldn't leave for her to be like oh this is the town worth staying in well, especially maybe, as a woman like where's she gonna go that's gonna or maybe she was also like I'm not gonna let you scare me out of my fucking town or that yeah so who knows? Um, but soon after she was acquitted and went home Philip was he apparently got really delirious he spoke in tongues and he had seizures Mm. and this is a quote about uh the illness that befell him once Mary was free okay so he thinks this is what Mary did to him from afar bluetooth remote if you will um (laughs) (laughs) It's it said he felt hundreds of pins pricking his arms and toes. Philip said a woman was in the room with him and asked if others could see her. His bed allegedly shook violently as if haunted. His caretakers kept finding his unused medicine pots empty. Something the size of a cat stirred under his blankets, but witnesses found nothing there but Philip when they searched the bed. (laughs) It's just (laughs) Philip again. (laughs) It's just him and his little pretend cat. And it said fire appeared in the bed, burned nothing, and then vanished. So wait a minute. He's, He's So he says there's a fire. There is no evidence of it. But now you're so this is the most cotton mother thing I've ever heard in my life, because for him to say, oh, well, you need evidence. Nah, never mind. You don't for him to be saying, oh, well, he obviously she was bewitching him because he saw a fire that wasn't there and nobody else saw the fire. And also it burned nothing.
0: And also we're all so now that's suddenly the proof is that no one else saw it because the devil made it like, oh, my God, it's infuriating. He just decided to have an opinion and that's the one we should Uh all go
1: with. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was a a quote from him on how this clearly is all Mary's fault. Sure. Um, you can see how this is almost an origin story of Cotton Mather before the Salem witch trials, how he was already ready to just hate women and judge them for witchcraft. Right. Um, before Philip died, he had all those experiences I just mentioned. And I guess he told people that he believed something supernatural was the root to all of this. That led to the town thinking something supernatural in town. Oh, Mary was just acquitted, but maybe Mm. we were wrong. Or maybe we sent her to the wrong town and they didn't know the story as well as we do. And so she should have been found guilty. So the rumors just kept spreading. And it basically got to this thing where right before Philip died, this well-respected man in town, right before he died, People would start going over to Mary's house to try to intimidate her again to like break the spell from what she's done to Philip. And I guess anytime someone would, I don't know how they found this out. Like who, there is no proper source on this, but the rumor in town was anytime someone would go to her house and intimidate her, she would be so scared that she would kind of lose focus and the spell would kind of die down and weaken, and Philip okay. would feel better from the other side of town. Oh my, okay. And so it just encouraged people to go intimidate her because it was making Philip feel better. But like, how would he know when people were there? And also what if he was just feeling better from an illness because he had had a fucking cold, like, and now people are just harassing this woman because they think she's responsible. Um. Anyway. So the fear had several people going to Mar- to Mary's house. And one day they were like, we've, fucking had it. We are just going to put an end to all of this. And so they go to her house and uh, instead of just intimidating her they beat her up. They kidnap her. They drag her to a tree and they hanged her. Jesus. Eventually when they have waited long enough they cut her down and they bury her in the snow. Oh my god. But this bitch survives. (gasps) She said, whatever that Miley Cyrus, Nicki Minaj, whatever those TikTok sounds are. You thought you could get rid of me, bitch, but I'm here. I'm still here. (sighs) Oh, God. She she survives despite a broken neck, despite (gasps) nearly freezing in Massachusetts, New England snow, despite asphyxiation from hanging from a goddamn tree and getting beaten up by all these men. And she waits until they're gone and she just Ups and walks back home. No, just walks back home. And
0: Philip guys. Think... No. Yeah. Um, what I were you about maybe, to say? Maybe she is a witch.
1: <laughs> okay. Right. Like like, all like this... Whoa. Like in a good way, not in a bad way. <laughs> like, but like, she's like, like in a fun, silly kind of way. She's <sighs> like, like wouldn't that be the plot twist of the century? She actually was a witch, and they were like, oh, she was like, oh shit, they're on to me. Oh no. But she ended up just. I mean. I don't know how she did it, but she had a straight up broken neck and like almost froze out there. And she just like walked
0: home. Jesus. Um, well, that's yeah, not going to turn out well, is it? Because they're going to I mean, at this well,
1: point. this is such a weird I feel like if this were a book, I feel like the author got sloppy at the end because my thought would be, oh, this like now they're really going to come after now her they're with, freaking like, out yeah. fire and brimstone. Now they
0: have actual proof, you know.
1: But the story ends kind of quickly. I think they just saw, like, oh, she survived a a, a homicide attempt. Um, That's that's enough to scare us away from trying anything else. Okay, yeah.
0: Maybe they thought, like, oh, well, we don't want her getting revenge. Let's just leave her alone Mm, or something. Yeah. Or, like,
1: like i guess when philip died they were like oh so she killed him anyway i guess she could kill any of us maybe i was expecting like that to be like now we're at the climax and like this is the final fight scene
0: and like yeah like she just proved them all right in their heads probably yeah and i
1: guess she didn't give a fuck either she was like well think what you want like i don't and also like i wonder if there was just a truce or something because it doesn't sound like she I guess uh, I, part of me wants to be like, I hope she'd go after them. They literally tried to kill her, but maybe she's like, honestly, now they're finally leaving me alone and that's all yeah, I wanted anyway. Yeah, be bygones. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh my goodness. So when they found Philip dead, apparently he looked as beaten up as she did. Oh. And this emboldened the idea that witchcraft really was a play. Like maybe she transferred her pain to him or something. Right. Um, And the townspeople ended up finding out Mary was still alive, but they never got near her again, even though, like, now she certainly seems like a prime suspect. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And uh, I don't know if they feared her too much or whatever it was, but she ended up living until 70, which, again, means that she lived through the Salem witch trials and nobody bothered her.
0: Wow. So that is wild.
1: i I guess the witch trials were happening salem was like 120 ish miles away so maybe she wasn't like in the hot zone right i mean if a town nearby like they definitely heard about the salem witch trials back then and nobody was like i know one who lives in a house right over there and she already killed a man they never even tried i think they all really were just like hey you do your thing i'll do my thing and we just don't fucking talk
0: i can't believe she broke her neck I know.
1: Also, like, if the whole town hates you, how did she, like, was there a doctor who was on her side that, like, let her.
0: Like, how did she get fixed back up or survive so long? Yeah.
1: I feel like if the whole town hates you, there's nowhere you can go to get help with that kind of stuff. And also, like on top of that like cotton mather i don't think he was from that town and he clearly fucking hated witches and was like yeah. ready to kill them all i'm shocked he didn't say in salem like i know a girl in hadley a hundred miles back who absolutely needs to be executed like maybe, i don't know why everyone
0: left her alone maybe they were just like too excited about the new witches the new prospects That maybe she was old news i have no idea i have
1: no idea i maybe there's like a whole chunk to this history i'm missing but if anyone knows i i am curious because it feels like if they were looking for witches to hunt like i'm not saying she was a witch but they certainly thought that but and to had, be fair
0: they kind of could turn anyone into a witch so i feel like maybe they were like she's too much effort or something or they just had enough targets maybe like maybe they were like oh bad. we have enough right now <laughs> if if we're really, really. looking for more Boy.
1: Well, anyway, oh, that is uh, the story of Mary Webster. There's allegedly there's a rumor that the um, author, she's the poet Margaret Atwood. Mm-hmm. Um, she may be a descendant of Mary Webster. It's pretty oh. unclear, but she did write a poem called "Half Hanged Mary" and dedicated her oh. own book to Mary Webster.
0: Oh, damn! Wait, which book? Uh, the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. That's probably why that name sounds familiar.
1: But yeah, so that's Mary Webster, (sighs) a.k.a. The Witch of Hadley, a.k.a. Half Hanged Mary.
0: That is crazy. Crazy town. Bananagrams. It's Balloonatoons. It's It's Balloonatoons and a half, man. Um, (laughs) Wow, what a story. I'm sad about the witch thing, but you know.
1: Yeah, I would like to know. I feel like someone should have interviewed her. Like, I wish there was a report somewhere and like her opinion of it all but i guess you know she probably wanted to be left the fuck alone that's so. true too
0: she probably did not want anyone coming in her front door anymore okay i forgot to mention up top because we were busy talking about other stuff but we have live shows that we're we release tickets oh for God. and we haven't brought it up yet should
1: we we could also do an intro uh, for i it. think we
0: should just put it here because people skip the intro sometimes anyway so okay. now okay. they have to listen to it <laughs>
1: Okay, fair enough. Yes, we have live shows. We decided that we were going to do a handful of encore shows uh, at the end of this year. There's 10 cities. There's a we're lot of Texas. so excited. We're going back to Nashville. We are... Georgia is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've got some good places. And it's... I would really like to have this whole heart thing behind me by the time we oh, go out hope. there. But um, yeah, we've we've got... We just, we really like the show and we wanted people to get one last chance at seeing it. And so this really is the last time, by the way. Um, yeah. And uh, so if you don't see it by those shows, then you will have to wait until we can find a way to publicly put it out there, which we do want to do. So oh, I don't have, have any confirmation
0: yet how to do that. So
1: we we don't. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's nothing no in plans. motion. But I yeah. do, I have heard from people wondering, like, if I miss the live show, is there ever a chance I'll see it and there is a chance but we, we want don't there know to be. we don't know how it will happen yet
0: yeah. So we're also going to New Orleans and we're going to Charleston for the first time, which yeah. is very exciting. Um, So yeah. And we're going back to LA and San Francisco. So if you're on California side and you missed it in 2019.
1: Good job, Christine. Thank you for all of that. Because I just uh, uh,
0: want to make sure we got that out there before I forgot again. Well, we
1: waited. Remember, you probably remember this whole time, but thank you for reminding me an hour into this episode. I no, so, I didn't so
0: remember until I looked at my notes and it said, Live shows with a bunch of exclamation points. offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. So let me tell you a story. Um this one I heard on an episode of Red Handed recently and thought, Wowza, how have I never heard about this before? Uh, I'm gonna cover it. So it is a story of the Van Brada family. And mm. Van Brada is how they pronounced it and how the YouTube videos I watched pronounced it, but it's spelled V A N space B R E D A. So I feel like I was Van Brada. V- I would have said, like, Van Breda, probably, but it. I guess it's Van Breda. Oh, okay. So Wait,
1: sorry, side yeah. note. How, did you hear the news that the Summerson Man was discovered?
0: Oh, yes. It's not official, official, uh-huh. but that it's considered, the str- yes, it's considered solved, but not confirmed, I guess. But yes, I, I did, and I'm very excited about it, because finally we can get some answers i never thought it would be solved Um, i remember
1: that being one of my favorite stories you covered and like me getting i think i got a little too into the the mystery of it so i'm glad that there's a uh something to assuage me
0: yeah i i i that was one of the first astonishing legend series i ever listened to and it um just fascinates me so i'm so glad someone will have some justice um, but yeah, I, I was going to do an update on that as soon as like more information is confirmed okay. and stuff. But yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, and if and I think we're actually going to post about it on social media. Um, Fun. So, okay, cool. Yay. Uh, okay, so the Van Breda family. And by the way, this takes place in South Africa. So okay. just to be clear. There's Martin. He's the father. He's 54. There's Teresa, the mother. She's 55. There's the son, Rudy, who's 22, the son, Henry, who's 20. He's the middle child. And then the daughter, who's the youngest, Marley, and she is 16. Okay. So this is like the very cliche of it, but they appeared like a very happy, (laughs) close-knit family from the outside. They all start out that way, yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, to this day, there really isn't much to go against that. Like, they really did seem like a happy family. It's not like we dug up a bunch of skeletons in their closets oh, after okay. like, there's just, they, it, we'll get there. We'll get, there. okay. Don't get ahead of yourself, Christine. Okay. So Martin, the dad, Martin Van Burda, was an engineer who started and sold multiple successful businesses to build his family's wealth. And Teresa was a successful it specialist for a bank, but uh, she became a stay at home mother when her children were born And so they, even though they were pretty wealthy and he was pretty successful and they made a good amount of money, um, they lived a relatively unassuming life, like nothing too lavish. They, uh, traveled, they coexisted as a family they lived together. It was all pretty standard. Um, nothing like out of, uh, the ordinary. Yeah. Or nothing like, um, out of control as far as how they spent their money or anything okay. like that. Um, so the Van Breda family was originally from South Africa, but they spent eight years in Australia where the children went to school. And then in January 2014, uh, most of the family moved to South Africa to a place called Stellenbosch. And Stellenbosch, I guess, is where, I mean, I, I don't know if you know much about South Africa, but... Uh, the crime rate in South Africa is notoriously very high. And I okay. guess Stellenbosch is one of these areas where it's gated. And um, if you have the kind of money that they had, you were able to kind of pay for safety in a way, like pay for gotcha the security of living in a place like this. And so they moved to Stellenbosch, South Africa, uh, to be close to Teresa's family and settled in one of these kind of gated places called the, oh, I hope I know how to say this, DeSalze Golf Estate. So it was D-E and then Z-A-L-Z-E. DeSalze? Sure. DeSalze? I don't know. Uh, A golf estate. So it's like, you know, upper class. Um, There's a golf course. It's, you know, a gated community. Bougie. Bougie. Exactly. So Rudy and Henry, the two sons, were still studying in Australia at first, but a little bit later that year, they joined the family uh, in South Africa, and the Van Berda family enjoyed the amenities of this gated community. Like I said, there was a golf course, there was a clubhouse, a restaurant, there were even vineyards, Um, and there was this really looked- looked sought after sense of security so the property and home were built like a fortress it was gated they had guards cctv and intricate security systems as part of the property uh they had motion detectors electric fences and 24 7 security guards hmm. so this is like wow. a very uh very protected yeah, place intense. for people to live yeah yeah So obviously the family felt safe living here, and that was important to them because, like I was just kind of alluding to, South Africa ranks number three in the world for crime. Um, And notably, it has especially high violent crime rates, including assault, rape, and homicide. And so if you are able to pay for that sense of security, uh, people will do that for obvious reasons. And so people will pay a lot for the sense of security, especially if they have kids and a family. And so this was the sort of place where people could live and have peace of mind that they weren't going to, you know, be hurt, which obviously adds a, a tinge of irony to this whole story, mm-hmm. yeah. as you can probably predict. I am predicting, yes. <laughs> ding, ding. So on January 26th of 2015, the family had dinner. And this is Southern Hemisphere. So this is a hot summertime, just okay. for our brains to process, because it's January. Uh-huh. So. January 26, 2015, the family had dinner together peacefully and all went off to their separate bedrooms to go to bed. And by midnight, the house was asleep, which seemed like a pretty usual evening. (sighs) This is where shit hits the fan. Okay. The next morning, January 27th, a little after 7 a.m., a call comes in to a South African emergency line. 20-year-old Henry Van Berda was calling, requesting an ambulance. And he seemed pretty calm, um, but a bit dazed. He spoke pretty slowly, like his speech was kind of slow paced and he spoke with a slight stutter. And this was to the point that the operator thought this might be a prank call because he just seemed so blasé. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it, it was almost like he was calling a customer service line. He was so frustrated because he was like, no, almost like, no, that's not how you spell the name of the street. This is how you spell the name of the street. And on the episode of Red Handed, they played, like, a five-minute chunk of this call, and it's chilling. Oh, shit. Because anytime I listen to, like, a 911 call, it gives me kind of the, the willies, but yeah, listening to this, it's it's just a long... And that was only a chunk of it. This was, like, I think... I'm, it's a full 10-minute call oh. that he's on the line, and it's frustrating, it's infuriating because the person, the operator is like, okay, um, how do you spell the name? And he's like, this is how you spell it. And she's like, like this? And he's like, no, like this. <laughs> okay. And it's just like this kind of comical, Jeez. it's almost like, and you can tell she's like, what is this kid's deal? And then at the end she's like, okay, so what, you need police? And he's like, no, I need an ambulance. And she's like, okay, why? Like, what happened? Are you the one who's injured? Um. And he says, can you please just send an ambulance or maybe more than one ambulance? Oh, and shit. And the operator's like, oh, so you need police? Like, what's going on? And he says, no, an ambulance. And she says, are you the one who's injured? I'm obviously like... um yeah, and, there's uh, a
1: there's a back and forth, that, and he's not really giving. He's information. not giving
0: the information, and she's like thinking that like he's either cut himself by accident or maybe has an injury, and he's just kind of lackadaisical about it. And so uh, she's like, "Okay, so you're the one injured," and he's like, "No, my family." She's like, "Your family?" Oh, he's yeah. like, "Yeah, all four of them." Oof. And she goes, "What happened?" And he says, "They've been attacked uh, with an axe. Uh, okay. Okay. And, and she goes, "What?" And this is nine minutes into this call. Like he's not even expressed at this point. Like I, what I, happened? If he is not immediately arrested,
1: that that at least this gives him uh, this qualifies him in my mind as the prime suspect. Of like, yeah. You don't feel like this is. You're not acting like this is urgent according to this phone call.
0: It okay, and it gets worse because he is finally giving her these details like oh yeah by the way my whole family's been hit with an axe uh in the head and he she says like are they conscious are they alive and he says i don't think so and he says oh but my sister's moving still
1: (gasps) okay so hello so something something is
0: not clicking with this something's not right Mm -hmm. and so of course this poor (laughs) dispatch is like holy shit like 180 this whole time she thinks like he's just being difficult and maybe it's a prank or maybe he's injured himself but he's not really helping her out and all of a sudden he's like oh by the way there's someone still alive and they've Oof. all been attacked with an axe so of course this is like highest level emergency um he said there was there were no suspects on the scene they ran away uh he said the suspects attacked with an axe and then he says i think i blacked out and i've just woken up so uh, the call is on YouTube, and it's not until eight minutes in. if you do want to listen to it, the whole thing I listened to last night, it was just very chilling. Um, eight minutes in he finally says like what's going on and expresses how big of an emergency this is. like it's mm. it's disturbing. So when paramedics arrived, Henry was calmly waiting for them, covered in blood. Uh, he told responders, quote, "The problem's upstairs. Oh, the problem, the problem. Is upstairs what the boy
1: which i i will currently play i'll toe the line currently and i'll say like everyone grieves differently maybe he's in
0: shock in shock right and if he did pass out because there's you know that argument of maybe he hit his head maybe he doesn't yeah. even understand what's going on or maybe he he's mentally ill like we don't know um I mean, we do ultimately know, but like at this point in the story, it's like, okay, give me yeah. more information, you know? So it's just a red flag, I guess. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one paramedic said that this crime scene was the worst he'd ever responded to in his 39 <gasps> years. Oh, no. And so it, uh, one of the first responders, Chris John Kogelenberg, said, blood ran like a waterfall down the stairs. Shut
1: up. Oh, my it God. It was
0: brutal. Brutal. The entire family was found upstairs on the second floor. So there was 54-year-old Martin, 22-year-old Rudy. They were found dead in Rudy and Henry's bedroom. So the two sons shared a bedroom. And the dad and Rudy, who was 22, were both found dead in the bedroom. Martin was spread out on his son Rudy's bed. And oh, it gets really... Dark here, but he was found with deep, fatal wounds in the back of his head. He mm. had no defensive wounds uh, or indications that he fought back. So investigators believe he was attacked from behind and was mm. unaware of the first blow, like uh, the yeah. incoming blow. Yeah. Um. And tragically, there was blood pooled in his lungs, which suggests he did not die immediately from the trauma. Um, so so
1: there was suffering, suffering
0: involved there probably. Um, or at least, I mean, perhaps he was unconscious and his body was still alive. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. maybe he didn't feel it. We don't know. Obviously there's no way to know, but there was blood pooled in his lungs, which suggested he, um, you know, laid there for a while before succumbing to his injuries. And then 22 year old Rudy, Henry's brother, was also in this room. He was found on the floor with his feet facing the wall near the ensuite bathroom. Uh, there was a duvet from Henry's bed balled up beside him. However, uh, blood pooling, among other evidence, made investigators believe Rudy was actually killed in his own bed where his dad was oh. laying. And, and was got then moved? Moved. Huh. Yeah to the floor beside the bed handled a bit and then ultimately placed near the bathroom so it was sort of as someone killed him and then put him near the bathroom as like staging almost
1: i wonder okay i'm i'm keeping it in in my noggin Yeah. And I mean, to solve the crime. But um,
0: (laughs) I so far, I'm confused. Yeah. I wonder if it was an attempt to be like, oh, an intruder came in, like maybe he was trying to display a storyline, like a narrative he had come up with. Right. You know, I don't I don't totally know um but it's it's definitely strange rudy had wounds in his neck temple and scalp and just as terribly there was blood pooled in rudy's stomach um and it's uh, believed he may have been alive for several hours oh before no. passing away
1: it's almost things like that where like if they had to be alive you hope that like they were
0: alive in a way where they were unaware at unconscious least unconscious at, yeah. at the least you know and it's like it's obviously to the better of two terrible scenarios you know but um i had that same thought and this is where it gets i already have goose cam just thinking about it because this is one speculation oh, it's so disturbing is that what? perhaps martin the dad perhaps his back wounds and he had no defensive wounds came from trying to cover rudy with his own body oh man come on don't say that i know oh I know. And so, ooh, I have Goose Cam. And so that that was the one thought why the dad would have been face down on the bed with wounds to his back and head because oh. perhaps he was trying to cover Rudy. And so that makes me also think, like, you know, if Rudy was also then killed in the bed, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. that's why he moved him to, like, so separate like th- a story to throw,
1: Yeah, to so throw off, like, whatever the... Yeah the examiners would have pieced together yeah
0: yeah so that's the only thing i can really think but it is just a disturbing thought because why else would martin be laying in his son's bed
1: oh you know it's that is so
0: sad very upsetting uh very upsetting so 55 year old teresa the mom was found on the floor near the staircase uh near the staircase and near marley's bedroom unlike martin Teresa had defense injuries defensive injuries which means she fought for her life uh against this attacker she also had severe head trauma but there was no blood in her lungs so the assumption is that she died pretty quickly from her injuries and then marley age 16 was found beside her mother and she sustained extensive defense wounds Um, she had fiercely fought with her attacker And despite the severe head trauma inflicted on her by the axe, along with a severed jugular vein.
1: (gasps) Wow, Uh, man. So it feels like every single one of these blows is like just so
0: vicious,
1: really going for the kill. Like,
0: brutal exactly like which brutal. i mean i can't
1: imagine like what a what an intentional axe wound would like look a like a gentle like, axe
0: hit <laughs> yeah. right
1: yeah but like i mean to go like for the head and the jugular like it's just like, like
0: clearly like there was rage a plan yeah, yeah someone was like planning to really hurt these people or kill them so despite this su- uh, severed jugular vein and the extreme head wounds from the axe she freaking survives this <gasps> ordeal what? How did we both pick stories where women survive? I was just thinking that. like, Wow. Like, against all the odds. Yeah. Against people trying to kill them, you know? Oy.
1: Neither of them, neither of them, she has to not be okay, this girl. Is she okay now?
0: Um, we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. We'll get to, like, her standing and, like, what what's going on with her.
1: Oh, my God. Okay.
0: But, like, yeah, what a fucking traumatic thing to go through, obviously. What, like, What
1: were her injuries again? So
0: she away? had deep, uh... Uh, traumatic head injuries, and from the axe, and really? she had a severed jugular vein.
1: Oh, the oh, she's the jugular one. Oh uh-huh. my god!
0: Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. She wow. freaking survived. Um, and this adds to this whole nine one one call, or you know, whatever call the the emergency call, where Henry, ten minutes in, is like, oh yeah, my sister's still alive. You know. Remember, oh, he says she's the moving. one who was like
1: moving. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! How fucking
0: dark! Like
1: to and know. And she survived. I would think if like you waited, if you've wasted exactly. ten minutes on the phone with somebody else, like my first thought was, oh, she's moving now. But like with the amount of time he's wasted, like she's not going to make it. Right. The end and it almost call. makes you
0: think like maybe he didn't want her to. You know what I mean? Like, oh god, it just adds so many dark elements to it, and like. Even if he had nothing to do with it, why the fuck didn't he say my sister's still alive and someone's attacked her with an axe? Bring an ambulance now. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, where is your head? Yeah. Oh, it's infuriating. So anyway, let's get back to the 911 call. Well, okay, first, I want to mention that as soon as first responders realized that Marley was still alive in this whole brutal scene, they rushed her to the hospital. She was put in critical care. Um, And so I just want to point that out real quick. And We'll get back to her story as well. Um, but Henry, the one who called, I keep saying 911, but it, I'm assuming it's a different number in South, uh, South Africa. So I'm not sure what the number is. But Henry, who called emergency services, was the least injured. So maybe this does answer our question of like a gentle axe wound because uh, here we go. Henry, how conveniently, only suffered minor lacerations. And instead of it being from an axe, it was from a knife.
1: Whoa. He I- was all... Like, part of me wants to be like, oh, that's better. But, like, no, it's not.
0: It's not. But since. But it, it's, it, it, in
1: comparison, it feels like the the damage would be more minor, I they guess. They were
0: very shallow laceration. Like, just little cuts.
1: Like, it was almost like he had to do it for the appearance of Correct. the story.
0: Uh-huh. And it's sort of like, well, why was everyone attacked with an axe? And then you got these little cuts from a knife. Right. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So he was covered in his family's blood, um, and this is Henry's story. So I'm going to tell you what happened from Henry's point of view, allegedly. Henry says he was in the ensuite bathroom using his phone when he heard the attacks begin outside his bedroom, and he came out to see the attacker in the room with Rudy. Henry screamed for help and his dad, Martin, then allegedly ran from the other side of the house, tried to jump over Rudy's bed to tackle the intruder, who landed a blow to Martin's head and pushed him back on the bed. Terrified, Henry was frozen in place, couldn't move, and stood there while his sister, Marley, and his mom, Teresa, were also attacked. Then the assailant turned the axe on Henry, who wrestled for his life. The axe fell to the floor and the attacker pulled a knife on Henry, which also ended up on the floor in the struggle under Rudy's bed. He got a few like shallow cuts in on Henry and then the attacker fled. Henry said he gave chase down the stairs. He threw he says he threw the axe at the attacker as he ran and the attacker landed in the wall and then fell to the floor on the landing where police later found it. (laughs) We're going to get back to that, too. Okay, good. Because, wow, the questions I have are out of control. <laughs> it's like, he says he threw it down the stairs and it went into the wall on the landing and fell into the landing.
1: Like uh, literal axe throwing. Axe throwing.
0: Like axe throwing at, at a fun barcade situation. Oh. Um, and so... He says that the intruders fled. He heard multiple voices indicating there was more than one assailant. And he said the main attacker was a black man, of course, in a balaclava and gloves to uh, conceal his identity. Henry says he pursued him on the stairs, then fell on the stairs and became unconscious. And I think if I'm remembering correctly from the Red Handed episode, he did have, I think it was a seizure disorder disorder. Uh, or something similar. So, you know, perhaps that was what he was claiming happened, that he had okay. an episode and like lost consciousness. But again, we're going to get into like the poking holes in all of this. Well, sure, sure, bullshit, sure, sure. You know? Also,
1: and then I assume he then comes to and the attacker has gone. Yes. So he says, So like in theory, in, a th- in theory, now the police are like on a manhunt for someone with a massive
0: axe hole in their back um no because i don't think they got hit with anything he oh, sorry I, he threw the axe but it hit the wall and fell oh, it instead hit of the wall i thought he hit the person and the person at the wall oh no 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 i'm sorry the axe he threw down the stairs aiming at them but missed yeah i should have clarified that no Miss, no no hit I, the I, wall my, my own brain hit the wall yeah hit the wall and then. Clattered to the ground basically. Okay. That makes a that's a much better cover. Yeah, definitely <laughs> did not hit the story. did not hit the killer. I, that I was like been... damn, like he like <laughs> that's a good that's good aim, but good aim, but no, not Boy. good aim. Uh so yeah, so he says he went unconscious uh, while going down the stairs and came to uh later. He said he woke up hours later and called wow. for help. <sighs> my god i can't wait to get into like the evidence
1: the scary the the like the eerie part to me that we'll just never know i guess or maybe we will if there's if the story goes a certain direction but what what really freaks me out is like if we were to assume that the storyline ends with henry being the killer of his family and he Mm -hmm. waited around for He's waited around for hours to call the ambulance to then like say, oh, I was unconscious. What was he doing for those hours? Like, was he
0: looking at them? Was question. he just hanging out on his phone? So like, I do have some answers for you. There. OK, OK. Mm-hmm. No, I'm like, glad you asked you, because can you imagine just like making chilling. a sandwich
1: and there's blood pouring down the stairs like a waterfall? Like it's what? chilling.
0: And like the f- again to bring up again that Marley was alive this whole freaking time. Oh, and my his- God, you're right and that his brother was probably alive for hours like maybe he was again waiting for them to die yeah wow i'm not sure but it's it's definitely a theory i had but oh my god okay but i do have some intel as to what he was doing during that time yeah so it seemed that at this point marley and henry Uh, So Henry who called and then Marley who was in the hospital were the surviving siblings of this like brutal crime by a stranger and were lucky to be alive so Marley remained in the hospital she went through months of surgeries and treatments and thankfully you know came to and survived Um, Henry went to live with his uncle Andre who was his mom Teresa's brother. So 10 days after the attack, Marley, who was in the ICU and had been under police protection so that, you know, nobody could get to her, woke up from this coma or this, you know, um, being unconscious and she could not make a statement about the attack. She suffered from retrograde amnesia. So, of course, it's like the most, you know, it's like if this were a movie, you know, that's probably how it would go that she would wake up and not remember what happened. Right. Which, like, by
1: the way, like, I, I mean, I don't know her side of the story. I don't know. Or I don't know people with retrograde amnesia after trauma. But, like, I kind of wonder if, like, it, it helps her process. The, like, I, Yeah.
0: I wonder if it's, like, a defense mechanism of your brain to just say, like, yeah. we're not going to remember this part, you know. Um, yeah.
1: But also, let's remember, like, this poor woman, not only did she, she's 16, right? That's 16. How old she was, she's six. she's 16 year old this has happened to her whether or not she remembers it. it this whole trauma happened to her she wakes up in a hospital probably all she wants are her parents yeah
0: and her exactly and she and has she to has learn
1: to, she has to find out from everybody no no this you're it it's I, horrible I, I can't even it's like it's it's like oh yeah
0: it's, wow it's just next level um tragedy and She wakes up. She can't make a statement. She has this retrograde amnesia. She specifically could not remember the night of the attack or the week leading up to it. And apparently, um, considering the extent of her trauma, emotional and physical, this is a pretty normal response. Um, This isn't it, it wasn't like surprising to anyone that she couldn't remember what had happened okay. um, she went to stay with her uncle and aunt and Henry was actually not allowed to see Marley during the investigation because as you to- so astutely guessed they were suspicious of him immediately and they wanted to make sure Marley was kept out of his sight and influence huh. so Henry left his family's place to live in a guest house and Marley stayed with her aunt and uncle once she got out of the hospital Five months after the attack, Marley and Henry actually did see each other under supervision. And um Marley was overjoyed to be reunited with her brother. I mean, we have to imagine, like, this is the only surviving immediate family yeah. member she has. And like you're I mean, you would not want to believe that your own brother did this to your parents and your you know what I mean? That's and, true. and to you.
1: Although, I wonder if there was um I'm, you'll probably bring this up, but I wonder if there's there was any history like i wonder if she, she like maybe wasn't that surprised that he would do it because maybe maybe there was history of like him already having some mental health problems or something
0: so or we get, was this
1: like was this completely like unheard
0: of to the it's rest It's honestly hard to say because okay. his like i will let you know now that like marley and his aunt and they all think he's innocent like they okay, don't okay. think he did it um, and I can imagine why you would have to believe that. Yeah. Because like why would you ever think, especially as Marley, like, oh, he attacked me with an axe? Like Yeah. You'd have to go through a lot of a lot more trauma to to, to believe to, that. To, to have to, to
1: get yourself to convince yourself. To live
0: with that. Yeah, and convince yourself yeah. of that. So, you know, I don't blame them for one second for being No. Over, you know, she's excited to see her brother. She's like, finally, I have someone who can understand, mm. and you know, a member of my family. And so they were able to see each other under, uh, an, um, under supervision. And in the meantime, uh, Henry uh, broke up with the girlfriend that he had been dating and tried to continue on with life despite like the media being all over this. They uh, media storm, the press latched onto Henry. They tried to dig up anything they could find on him. They uh, alleged that Henry was a tick addict, which is what they call meth in South Africa. Oh, okay. Um, and so one man claimed to be Henry's drug dealer and some of Henry's classmates back in Australia confirmed that he was indeed a heavy drug user. Um, He had actually spent some time in a private rehab facility in Cape Town. Um, But, you know, just having an addiction does not make someone a murderer. So it's sort of like, you know, they're digging this up and putting this out there, but it's not proof of anything really. Mm -hmm. So some thought maybe even though this wasn't proof that he was a murderer, maybe it pointed to a motive. So it was alleged that the Van Berda parents had actually cut Henry off because of his addiction and maybe stopped giving him money um, because he was spending it on drugs. So that was one of the theories that like Henry was angered by being cut off, but it didn't really add up because he did live at home and his parents like clearly supported him financially and they paid for his rehab. It's not like they kicked him out and cut him off and didn't let him live with them or didn't feed him. Like, I don't know. Right.
1: Right. It's sort of dynamic. It's weird.
0: It doesn't make total sense. Um, and despite the obvious suspicion hanging over Henry, Teresa's family, like his, his mom, mom's family, um, adamantly defended his innocence uh, as far as i know they still do and they knew their nephew really well this was a really close family and they could not comprehend that henry would do something so heinous
1: so the argument like, the best guess so far is that it was drug induced
0: the best guess not that it was drug induced because i don't think he was on drugs but that um maybe he was either cut off from buying more drugs and was angry, angered about it, uh-huh. like angry at his parents. Oh, or okay. perhaps the other theory, which Red handed kind of discussed, was that his brother Rudy was like very high performing. His sister was like very successful and his parents were both extremely successful. And he had, you know, dropped out of college, gone to rehab, had this drug addiction he was struggling with. Perhaps there was this dynamic of like being the... You know, I don't know. Uh, child with the least, ac- the fewest accomplishments, and he felt this like pressure and snapped. Maybe. You know, Maybe. that's but another I, I, theory.
1: I, but also, I mean, it just doesn't. I if that really is like the the perspective that the family had on the inside of like this is how our family works, and it you know, if that's the best um, reason they could come up with, it still feels. That's why this case is
0: so weird because it's like there isn't a clear motive. And like, why would you axe murder your entire family without a reason?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. If your reason is that you're threatened by your sibling's success. It just doesn't feel feel like like enough. That would be like, yeah, it doesn't feel like enough. That doesn't feel like it at all. I
0: think it was on Red Handed or somewhere else where I heard perhaps he tried perhaps he attacked his brother and then was like i gotta cover this up and panicked and killed everyone else to like try and stage it but that's again that's an extreme reaction
1: it's an extreme reaction for someone who seems to not have any signs of a a mental illness or i mean if he was if he was using it all maybe i mean if he were maybe in withdrawal or something or maybe he was like if he happened if he happened to do drugs recently and did a lot maybe yeah i I don't know none of it seems to add up i'm trying to think of anything and nothing seems. yeah yeah
0: i don't know the details of the drugs i mean i could be wrong maybe he was on drugs but even the way he reacted afterward it seemed so calm and like yeah collected it didn't seem like he was in some sort of frenzied state or I actually am association.
1: I am also now starting to slip onto the other side now where I'm, I like almost currently at least side with him. Like I was like, like maybe he was just in shock. But then I think of like, what was, I don't, I don't know
0: what's going on. I am confused. It's very confusing. It's very confusing. And like, I think we'll both end up back on the side that he did it just because there's more to go through. But okay. Okay. But still it it's really hard to swallow because it's like why? Like it the why is what's missing and it's yeah, it's rough. Um and maybe there's a why we just don't know about that like we just don't know. Um mm-hmm. and that might be what's going on. But uh, you know, maybe he's a psychopath and was just like, I wanna do that. Like who knows? Like we really don't know. Um Yeah.
1: He could have had a mental illness and none of his family was aware of it, especially because if he was he was 20. Right. That's usually when a lot of things kick in for the first time. So maybe he was showing signs and only so many years had gone where he could have covered it up or something. Right.
0: Right. I mean, to be fair, as far as we know now, he doesn't have any lingering mental illness issues, you know, um, yeah. but, but Man, may- this, maybe, I this mean, is a tricky one. it is a tricky one. Um, and I, so I, I do understand why Marley and like why his extended family believes that he didn't do it. You know, I can yeah. see why they'd be like, confused. for it to be so
1: out of character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: That too. It's, it's, it's unsettling almost. Yeah. Um, all right. So despite the obvious suspicion, his family is adamantly defending him. Um, they said they knew him really well. They couldn't comprehend, Um, And Martin's family, like his dad's side of the family, was a little more apprehensive about this. They were like not sure whether they were adamantly defending him or not, but they did offer to foot his defense bill. Um, So they did pay for the for his defense lawyer. So on June 13th, 2016, which is a year and a half after the attack, Henry's lawyers heard from police that Henry's arrest was inevitable and they advised him to turn himself in. So he did. He was charged with three counts of homicide, one count of attempted homicide, and one count of obstruction of justice. And the bail was set at a little under seven thousand U.S. dollars.
1: That's wow. it. That does not make sense at all.
0: Seven thousand dollars.
1: Well, was there? Is there a reason you're gonna say, or no. is, that's? <laughs> wait, so he's white? I guess I don't know. Wasn't that – isn't that also like you actually take a – you only have to pay a percentage of that or something?
0: Yeah, there's something like that, yeah. It's like you don't even have to pay the full amount in cash up front or something. There's there's like all sorts – I mean I don't know if that's in South Africa, but I do – yeah. There is some caveat. So then
1: 7000 could only be like $700. Like- well, so
0: they did pay the 7000 Um, His family could very easily afford that. Again, they were pretty wealthy. And so they paid the $7,000 and he was free to live at home while he awaited trial even though he's – being uh being accused of three murders so i and mean his, i
1: i personally think it's fucked up but i also get so worried that like my american brain has been warped to think that like i mean i think it's i personally sure. think it should have been so much more but i also wonder like i don't know i don't know i'm i i
0: I guess In my it, mind,
1: I feel like it should be like at least half a million dollars or something.
0: Well, I think that's what it usually is. And I, I mean, again, maybe we just don't know South African, you know.
1: The justice system. Justice or whatever
0: system. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But, you know, I think what's frustrating about it is that you see people uh, charged with marijuana possession. It's like mm-hmm. 25000 and then it's like, oh, you murdered your entire family. That's 7, what I'm saying. 000. I feel like
1: I feel like I'm just used to this these things being completely unfair yes yeah especially i mean like you said he's a rich white guy so i i feel like you wanted a higher reaction out of me but i kind of just i'm so this (laughs) the world is so on fire that nothing surprises me i'm just like well it's fair yeah i don't i you would if you were watching this episode on like law and order if you're watching the story on an episode it would be an out of control amount of money and i would think that was deserved based on how prime of a suspect he seems right but but yeah i just don't know what their legal system looks like and also i'm just not surprised anymore that rich white men get their get the way that they no.
0: and speaking of uh right to go right off that uh at some point before trial he was arrested for possessing weed but was released on even lesser bail for that because it they just didn't. Yeah, didn't, they probably gave never. him a hug and said, have a good day. So <laughs> so the actual court battle, which was very bitter and intense, began on April 4th, 2017, where prosecution called into question Henry's story from that terrible night, his version of events. They are now poking the holes. So okay, okay. this is where we get into more of the details. First of all, there was no sign of forced entry into the house and I'll have you recall the description of the security at this place. Like right. security guards, CCTV, yeah. locks, cameras, everything. There, it's it's like highest security, um, and so the fact that nobody there was no sign of a break-in was very strange. Um, yeah. There was no broken windows, no doors that had been tampered with, nothing. Not only that, but estate state security guards confirmed there was no suspicious activity the night of the attack and they were working that night. They didn't witness anything. CCTV recorded nothing. The electric fences surrounding the estate had not been breached according to motion sensors. Um, it was like as if a ghost had gotten in and out without mm-hmm. even, and on their way out, you'd think if they were fleeing, that right. at least it would be there'd caught at least on be camera. A, there'd at least be one bloody footstep. Anything, and also witness, anything.
1: And, I mean, if it was... If it only happened to their house, that would mean that this person must have a a vendetta against that family or a reason. Yes, exactly. Unless unless in this story it was just a random person who just grabbed the quickest house he could find in the neighborhood and just decided to kill people for no reason.
0: And, like, why would you pick one that had such a high security system if you were just randomly killing people? Like, wouldn't you go somewhere where there was not a security guard and a camera? And uh, the attacker's you literally just pointed this out would have had to run through pools of blood while they fled and what they stayed and mopped up so that their footprints wouldn't or they just like febreze their shoes or something and just just like ran out the door and so the only footprints leading away from the crime scene were henry's Uh the only footprints so hello uh, there was absolutely no evidence that anyone else was in the house. And he said there were multiple voices. So you'd think somebody would have left a mark. Yeah. Anything. Nope. There's no sign of anybody else. Next, uh, perhaps even more baffling, nothing was stolen. So again, you're getting on that point, too, of like, why would they have picked this random family unless they had some vendetta? Yeah. Maybe to rob them. But nothing was stolen. There was a laptop right by the front door, just sitting on a table. Still there when police arrived. Not taken. There was jewelry, TVs, appliances, even the luxury cars in the garage that the attackers could have grabbed the keys and like driven out.
1: Mm. Nothing.
0: It was all left in the exact spots. It's as if someone showed up with the sole intent of brutally axe murdering an entire family.
1: Yeah. And also. Yeah. So he threw the axe into the wall, which means the axe is still in play, right?
0: Do we have fingerprints on this axe? We will get to the axe for sure. Uh, That is definitely coming up. Um, I don't necessarily know about fingerprints, but there is more proof, more evidence against Henry. I would just think
1: like bloody hands would be on this axe, right? And like you could get DNA off that.
0: Fingerprints? Yeah. I mean, I assume he did say he threw it down the stairs. So I guess maybe. I don't know i don't know i know. don't know
1: i was just wondering if, it, if it's already that'd be the the murder weapon is exactly what i'd be researching first mm-hmm. and doing all my stuff on
0: oh yeah we'll get to that for sure so the next problem um remember when Henry was like unconscious for hours uh mm-hmm. yeah so it's so weird because while he was unconscious for <laughs> hours he happened to call his girlfriend somehow and
1: oh it's like okay. how did that happen I don't Ring, know ding, ding.
0: Ring, ding, well ding. I was
1: well I said it earlier I was like was he on his phone and then in my mind I was like well he wouldn't do that because we can how just trace anything well we would just they could see any activity on your phone
0: well and um, that's exactly right they could and he didn't even care or realize he called his girlfriend 16 year old bianca vander Westhusen, at 4 22 a.m but got no answer um let's ignore that she's 16 and he's 20 okay let's Continue. ignore that uh-huh and so he was allegedly unconscious when this phone call went out then but she
1: but she must remember wait they didn't talk on the phone
0: no so it was like four in the morning so she didn't oh, answer okay but i was gonna say the outgoing call was there
1: I was gonna say if he had the nerve to talk to her and like, <laughs>
0: "Hey, babe,
1: just <laughs> unconscious, yeah."
0: You up? It's four twenty-two a.m. Yeah. Um, then they pulled up his search history on Google. Okay, idiot. He searched for local emergency numbers, which isn't strange in and of itself because, sure, if there was an emergency and you'd want to like, know the number, you'd want to look up the number. Makes sense. Uh, he searched for the numbers three hours before he actually called one of the numbers. Uh-huh. So there was... He looked up the numbers, had it noted, and then, like, left it for three hours before actually calling ser- emergency services. Uh-huh. Even weirder, his parents actually kept a list of emergency numbers on the fridge that he knew of for quick access if they needed to. It was as if he was, like, debating what to do, which number specifically to call, Um, To, you know, try and just find the best path. Whereas like if your family was ax murdered, you think you would just call and be like, help me, anybody, you know, not not spend hours ruminating on which number to call. So anyway, he was basically considering his options instead of immediately making a call, which is also weird because remember there were there were these security guards 24-7. He could have literally run out the front door and flagged a security guard. It's true at the entrance of this estate like it, he didn't even need to call anyone um he could have run to a neighbor but nothing for hours he did nothing he googled emergency numbers he called his girlfriend um and then he smoked several cigarettes okay so he's not unconscious like we know that because there were several cigarette butts so this guy is calling uh or sorry he's not calling he's smoking cigarettes he says he did this to try to calm down um and like To an extent, I'm like, sure, if you're in shock because your whole family has been murdered, I can see, like, grabbing a cigarette and making the call, I guess. But, like, he knew his sister was still alive. Yeah. And he's still like, let me calm down and have, like, three cigarettes before I make the phone call. Yeah. It just does not add up to me.
1: I would argue he probably had to smoke a bunch of cigarettes to calm down before he made the call. Yes, it, that's a great point. Like if you yeah. were guilty and you knew you were about i because I have wondered about this in uh, probably an odd amount of times, but like if you're the in-between period, if I were to commit a massive crime that was like obviously going to get found out, the time in between that happening and people finding out, the amount of anxiety oh, that I would yeah. be dealing with of like... I better just rip it off like a bandit. There's not going back cards, there's right? Like, yeah. You're in this weird gray space of like, nobody knows what I've done, but there's also no going back. It's and almost it's like this is your
0: last chance. Yeah. To try and set things up for yourself. And yeah. So I would
1: imagine he had to have a lot of cigarettes to make sure he felt like he got his story. He had straight a lot of he... cigarettes.
0: He Googled every emergency number he could find. He called his girlfriend. Like he literally, and then he was like, Oh, I know I'll tell them I passed out for three hours. When right. like he obviously didn't. He, so didn't, he didn't think it through. he, no, needed he didn't. A, think another it cigarette, I think he needed he, another. Just one more would have fixed it. Yeah. So he smoked several cigarettes, trying to calm down, allegedly. Um, but again, on the emergency call, he says his sister is still moving. So like, who stands there and smokes several cigarettes while his sister is bleeding to death? Well, maybe the person who did it and wants her to die. I'm just yep. Just a theory. Um, and again. If he had been unconscious, I mean, now we're just, like, hammering it home. But, like, how had he searched on Google for emergency numbers? Doesn't add matter. Right. He's right. lying. He's lying. Um, so doctors questioned uh, Henry's blacking out story. And uh, unlike in the movies, most concussions don't cause unconsciousness. And if they do, it's usually only a minute or two, not three or four hours, as he claimed. Uh. And to be unconscious for as long as he was, he would likely have had a severe brain injury. But when he was treated after the attack, he actually had zero signs of any brain trauma, any head trauma at all. He had to have known they were going to check, right? Not a scratch. You'd
1: think so. But. You'd think they'd be like, oh, maybe was he like just hope? Was he, was his plan. Like just going on the miracle route and just being like, why I'm fine. That's cra- That's not what any it of us must just- be
0: because he didn't want to hit himself in the head, I guess. So he was like, oh, I'll just fake it. Yeah. So not only that, but the fact that he made a phone call, Googled emergency numbers, along with his behavior at the scene, indicated he was aware and awake this whole time. So this blackout thing seems like bullshit. And like I said, he did have epilepsy. So if he'd had a seizure, like he may have been unconscious um, for some time. However, this is where it gets a little bit dicey, even in terms of like him having this um, uh, seizure disorder, is that blood-based forensics indicated he had been standing up the entire time. He wasn't ever laying down. So it's like if he was unconscious, if he did have a seizure, He He wouldn't have have to fall down, standing the whole time. Yeah, and so there's no evidence at all that he was or horizontal or had like even slumped down or anything like that. He was standing the whole time, so it just does not add up at all. Yeah. Then there's the family's maid. Oh, damn! Okay, (laughs) late to the show. Okay, enter Precious. Manongani, who worked as the family's maid she came forward and said this is where the axe comes in and um, that the axe looked a lot like the axe that the van bradas kept in the house that it's their axe and sure mm. enough it was it was their axe and remember the knife the attacker pulled on henry it came from their kitchen okay so like by his account this person who came in and attacked them would have shown up without a weapon but with the intent to brutally murder everyone and they thought, like, oh, I'll figure it out when I get there. Wow. What? Mm. Doesn't make any sense. Um, so obviously it's a strain, it would be strange for attackers to break in without any weapons, find weapons in the house, kill the family and then steal nothing and then leave not one footprint or any evidence on camera or anywhere. Additionally, nothing in the kitchen had been rifled through. So it's sort of like the intruder would have known exactly which drawer to open and grab the knife none of the other drawers had been messed through messed with so this person this intruder would have had a very came from inside the house exactly like there's no other logical way to explain it and remember how henry threw the axe at the intruder well blood spatter specialist said the axe was actually firmly planted in the wall on purpose as if someone had gone up and smashed the axe into the wall oh shit so basically he didn't throw it from a distance he just he, whacked that in he just whacked it and then said oh yeah i threw that down there and they said no that clearly someone stood next to the wall and smashed it into the wall." i feel wall.
1: like now with a bunch of people who work at axe throwing places they'd be like that is not possible like yeah they like,
0: know yeah <laughs> the distance that's like a new forensic field you know yeah <laughs> And so it was suspected that Henry did this to create this narrative, this scene that fit his narrative, um, that he threw the axe down the stairs. So Henry's defense pointed out that Marley's blood DNA was not found on Henry, although the rest of the, the family's blood was, which called into question another person. And this person was Marley's own boyfriend, James. So now they're throwing another suspect into the ring. Marley was allegedly in a relationship her family did not approve of. And so they went and got the text, uh, you know, text logs. And here's one of the texts that she had once sent her boyfriend. They are being assholes. Can they fuck off forever? Please can't you just come and live with me? And the boyfriend replied, right now I feel like I want to murder the people that are around you at the moment. And I am inches away from losing it with them and breaking down completely. Whoa. So they're teenagers It's a bad look. Yeah. But like James testified that this was an emotional text exchange uh, over a fight that Marley had with her parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marley had even stayed with James and his family for several days after her hospitalization. Um, It's just hard to believe that like he would come and attack the family so brutally and then like also attack Marley. Yeah. Yeah and sever no, her jugular. That's a good point. You know, even though she survived, it's like she survived but like barely. Right. Barely. Yeah, like
1: she she was clearly uh like I don't think if you really loved her and wanted her out of that house and you wanted her all to yourself, you would get her jugular. That's not the yeah. way to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. And she also had the most extensive defensive wounds from the entire family right so she was the one who fought the most bitterly against her attacker
1: yeah i don't think Um, it was her boyfriend
0: yeah the the context just doesn't add up from that one text where he's like i want to kill your family it's like (sighs) they're teenagers they're dramatic she's going through a fight her family doesn't want her to date him i mean it's just like tale as old as time you know yeah i agree with you so the evidence outside of this text really doesn't Add up the context; it just doesn't work, and the the jury believed it. They were like, "Yeah, we don't think that that's the right guy." Then came the rest of the forensic evidence, which was so to speak the nail in the coffin for Henry. So here's the rest of it. Okay. <laughs> if we need it anymore, here it is: the blood spatter on Henry from his mom, dad, and brother indicated that he was standing extremely close to them while they were attacked. Mm. Which doesn't line up with him just standing frozen while he watches everyone get attacked. Um, And why would he be right up next to the person killing them without actually interfering? It doesn't make any sense. Um finally the most damning evidence of all is that henry's defensive wounds appeared self-inflicted i think we all saw this coming Mm -hmm. the lacerations were shallow some were barely scratches uh and they all looked extremely similar and intentionally clean and like done just very purposefully not like they happened in a fight as he said right he had no bruises he had no signs of like having wrestled with anyone like he said he did Um, And although he was sometimes emotional during his testimony, court witnesses found Henry's demeanor unnerving. Apparently, prosecution even asked him to hold an axe and reenact how he had seen this assailant using it against his family. And without any distress whatsoever in his face, he was like, "Okay." And he took the axe and he started like acting out, brutally murdering his family.
1: Oh, and everyone think, was like,
0: whoa, that doesn't even phase him. Yeah, this should traumatize you. You should not you'd want to do this. You'd think you'd at least be, un, like, uncomfortable acting yeah. out your family's murder that you witnessed.
1: I feel like it just wasn't, like, thought through. Like, I feel like if, I, if you wanted to, like, at least have some of that not found, like, he should have washed his face or something before while he was waiting for the ambulance to get there. And then he could have played, like, the, oh, I didn't know to keep it on for evidence. Like, right, he right, like, right. Or he could have just done... I, the self inflicted wounds is is a bad one too. I I just feel like there are certain things that he could have at least thought through of like oh I should act like this is really hard for me to
0: do instead of like yeah like, it like makes you that, wonder like, if he just didn't know or didn't care or like why he was so yeah blasé about it. It's yeah it's freaky. It's weird. So witnesses at this point were stunned because they're literally just watching this kid act out his parents murder with an axe in court so finally after 67 court days and over a year since its start the trial concludes and the judge finds henry guilty on all counts Mm. so on june 7th 2018 i think i even mentioned a jury and i think i was incorrect on that there was not a jury it was like witnesses uh in the in the trial yeah it says the court not the um not the jury so i was mistaken about that So the judge finds him guilty on all counts, and on June 7th, 2018, the now 25-year-old Henry was sentenced to three life sentences, one for each death, plus 15 years for Marley's attempted homicide, and one year for obstruction of justice. Mm. So as the judge read Henry's sentence, Henry looked intense, but yet still cold and unemotional. Um, Just kind of like he's trying to just hear what's coming like he just heard that he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life just looks pretty cold and unfazed um he later appealed but it was dismissed and to this day he and some others in his life including his current girlfriend and his aunt still maintain his innocence they actually interviewed his girlfriend and his aunt on 60 minutes australia and they genuinely think he had nothing to do with it okay and Sorry, inner, I know that was really no, delayed, no. but I was just like That's exactly how I felt.
1: Honestly, I I guess, you know, the power of love, you just want it you to just not be true. It.
0: And his girlfriend seems very sweet and kind and smart. Like I don't think I think she just does not want to see that side, you know? And she said like I the reason she knows it wasn't him is she knows him. But again, like Can you ever really know someone? That's what I always say is like, you know, you think you know them. I, I, maybe you don't.
1: I have, uh, I mean, I feel like we've both probably thought about that a million times, but I really do think if, if you were all of a sudden accused of something like that, I, I think despite like clear evidence i would still be in incredible denial about it so. yeah
0: yeah but to be fair this girlfriend he met after the murders do you know what i mean it's not mm. like he, so he she, she, knew she came him. in f- with fresh eyes <laughs> yeah it's almost like she knew him or she knows him now but like she didn't it's not like oh i knew him and his family i knew their dynamic i knew him his whole life it's sort of like she found out after the fact. So yeah, I mean his aunt again, his sister and his aunt, I understand not being able to believe that about someone. Um I fully think it's him, but you know, and he's been convicted of it, so the by, for all intents and purposes it was him, but um some people really do, you know, crazy things have happened. Maybe we'll find out more, but to me, I'm pretty sure he did it.
1: Yeah. Well, I yeah, I don't know, but I have a hunch
0: yeah i mean and like according to the law he did do it he's been convicted he's the murderer <sighs> so it's like you know whatever but so marley as for marley i know you asked about her earlier she recovered from her injuries She's said to be doing well but doing her best to stay out of the spotlight and live her life in peace so you know let's all <laughs> respect that not that i yeah doubt anyone would do, you know but just yeah. just so just everyone's for, aware just for
1: fun let's mention that like you know she leave, doesn't leave
0: everyone alone. Want to be part of you know this storyline, which I fully understand. She deserves peace uh, more than most, I think. So that is the story of the Van Berda family murders. Whoa, what uh, a doozy! Right,
1: it's a really good story, but I I also just the, the talk about the gravity of a story. That's yeah. a that's a rough one. It's I, very rough, and he. How old is he today? Do you know?
0: Um, he was twenty five when he was sentenced in twenty eighteen. So okay, he's probably so twenty nine. Like, okay. Wow, he's like our age, thirty maybe. Yeah.
1: Wow! 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 That's uh something else. It's it is weird that we both pick stories with
0: us uh, people that survived. Yeah.
1: And like should not have. By the way.
0: And really, someone tried hard to not let them survive, you know? Yeah. Boy. I guess we got to do an after chat now.
1: We do have to do an after chat. Patreon. Well, everybody, we just did a whole other thing where we talked for a little (laughs) bit, but then we found out. All of it is now delayed information because we're recording it. The cryptic
0: poetry slam happened last night, and I spent a whole like five minutes uh, going on a tangent about it halfway through the episode. So we, we deleted that, but we hope everyone had fun last night at the Cryptid poetry <laughs> slam. We were so proud to support the National Abortion Federation, and we are thankful to everyone who was involved. Um, and I'm sure it went off without a hitch, right, Anne? Yo, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Until
1: then, I guess I'll see you in that after chat. Perfect. See you soon. And that's
0: why we drink. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.